everybody, welcome to the 47th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And before we get started, I just want to remind you, uh, please leave us five stars, leave us a review on uh, iTunes. If you have any questions or comments, you can send us an email to mathcoreindex at gmail.com. Bands on this episode are determined by our Patreon supporters, so we want to thank them so much at this time. So thanks so much to Kevin, Jeff, Otis, Phil, Eric, Chris, Robert, Mike, Sinza, Kent, Matt, Austin, Jesse, Eli, Jamie, Sam, Andre, Grady, David, Carter, Andrew, Chris, 30 seconds go, Jeremiah, Sonny, Spencer, John, Ezekiel, Dimitri, Taylor, Eric, Jesse, Oconee, Rory, Chris, Caleb, Adolfo, Holly, Ethan, Andy, Bebop, Austin, Graham, Christian, and Matthew. And special thanks to our new supporters, Danny, Nabila, Jim, Brandon, Jordan, and Joshua. Um, I'm not sure that thanking all 50 of you every episode going forward is going to work, so... Holy fucking <laughs> shit. Wait a second. So, I lost... Yeah, count on my fingers and toes. Um, If I'm correct, we just keep building in the numbers there, huh? We're... Yes, we've... Uh, last month, we cleared 40-something, and now we, uh, we recently cleared 50. So, thank you so much. We're working on now bringing new videos every month. One new video every month. And we'll start stepping that up as well as we get our uh, supporter number increased so new stuff on the way christian yeah and we i mean christian and i still have a a, a a kind of a side episode still in the works that i actually need to talk to you about anyways but but uh yeah we uh, uh covid kind of like threw a curveball in our plans to produce like an extra like side episode uh for especially the patreon supporters but yeah we still got that in the works yes um we're still working on that retrospective excuse me um for Botch and Converge and Dillinger, we're going to do some of those, and we're going to try to bring back Anime Cast as well. Right, Levi? Fuck yeah, man. I mean, I <laughs> we, we didn't talk yeah, about I mean, that, I just sprung it on him. But we I was ne- going to say, I'm like, <laughs> but we need a good little uh, surprise. <laughs> wink, wink, nod, nod, nudge, nudge. No, but but seriously, <laughs> we're, we're going to bring back, uh, we're going to bring back Anime Cast, so. Cool. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about some fucking bands. We've got ten absolute fucking bangers to talk about today, and uh, the first one is uh, Behold the Octopus. Mm-hmm. Behold the Octopus are an avant-garde technical progressive metal trio from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, they formed back in 2001, released their first demo in 20, 2002, uh, followed by two EPs, including their fantastic Nano Nucleonic Cyborg Summoning in 2005, which I loved. Oh my god, that is a that that is one of my faves of that year. I think you're the one who actually turned me on to this band with that release, if I'm not mistaken. This was the Black Market Activities release, I believe. I think they're both on Black Market, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, the first two. Or are correct. Maybe maybe Skullgrade was on Metal Blade or something. I, I can't. No, Skullgrade. No, well, well, it's also Black Market Activity because like black, it was Black Market Activity, and then some point Metal Blade uh, purchased, and it was like Black. Yeah, that's right. That, that, like uh, uh, that's uh, that's how I was able to buy Psyopis, the first record in an Fye, was because once Metal Blade purchased, it was like it was like a lot more accessible. Right. They were they had a much better distribution network. Holy shit! Yeah. 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 And then they released uh, their monolithic Skull Grid in uh, 2007, which I believe is their magnum opus, and it's sort of like a musical benchmark for progressive and technical metal. Wouldn't you agree? Yep. I mean, it's like... Oh, absolutely. It's like one of my favorite metal albums of all time. And uh, anyway, so the band are now back with their fourth full-length album, uh, Hapoleptic Overtrove, which they released June 12th via Willowtip Records. And uh, we actually had the pleasure of interviewing Colin last year, which I will link for you in the description. Honestly, this band hardly needs a fucking introduction. Like, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, though, Behold the Octopus play instrumental prog uh, that could be easily described as avant-garde just due to how unorthodox and technically proficient uh, the techniques and some of the compositions are. Colin Marston is notably a war guitar player, which is, again, for those of you who don't know, it's like a, a bass and guitar combined and is all, like, tapped in finger style. 
And uh, recently the band have, speaking of Psyopus, they recruited uh, Jason Bowers, who was a, uh, a drummer for them, and have taken on a big-time stylistic change with him, completely removing all the cymbals from his kit, like what are the most traditionally, the fundamental drums in the rock drummer's arsenal, and replacing them all with, like, unorthodox percussion such as bells and wood blocks and that kind of stuff. Oh, buddy, I gotta talk to you about that right off the bat. Um, that is what kind of a... It, um, this is it going, took me a while. That's going to be took, a, it. Took truly. It took me like it took me. It legitimately took me three complete listens of this album. I do listen to most of these albums to. Ju- I mean, as I'm doing things. So this one was interesting. Where I was like, wait. It was almost like a, you know you watch a movie and then you're like, oh shit, I missed a part. I got to back it up. Well, I kept doing this and I was like, am I missing something? And the third listen, I just kind of went out and just listened to it and just chilled. And um, it's a little. It's. Ah oh, man, um, I want to say this in a good way. Uh, as you say, avant-garde. It's it's a uh, more avant-garde, I would say, uh, than the others, uh, the other releases. A lot of um, experimental percussion going on. I, I have here. Uh, it honestly, it with the experimentation of the percussion and how he goes with his, you know, war piece. It legitimately sounds like sound checking most of the time, and I and I <laughs> I wanted to like this more. But I am I am so confused with this, and it might just be something that's over my head completely. Um, but I uh, I check out. Okay, see, I, I think you might be right. No disrespect, but if um, it, I think maybe it's just because you're not a fan of like 20th century composers. I am also not a musician. Totally, and I, I think very few of our listeners are into symphonic or chamber music. But if you're a fan of like you know Stravinsky or Penderecki or just real far out there chamber music or 20th century composers in particular what Behold the Octopus are getting at is essentially just that taken from their band camp I'll just go ahead and quote them now the drum kit for the new album removes extreme metal's constant harsh static wash by deleting all hi-hats crashes and ride cymbals replacing with them with Almglocken wooden plank metal pipe broken stacks and bells and chimes Sticks are replaced by mallets, and more importantly, the function of the drums is to no longer play beats. Instead, the drums take on a role more similar to the guitars, resulting in a sound closer to chamber music than rock. Mm-hmm. So, um, you heard it yourself. Essentially, metal uh, chamber music. It, it, the, what he just said, make, I mean, I'm like, yep, that's exactly why I heard what I heard, I guess. Like, that, okay, that checks out. Um, I, I do have to say, though... This, uh, you and I, the last time uh, you, uh, me and uh, uh, Irma, we uh, uh, got to have a joint and a, a beer at the at the beach uh, like two weeks back. You and I, uh, you brought up defeated sanity at a safe distance uh, for those of you who are growing concerned. <laughs> yes, and we and they had a joint and I had a separate joint. So there, um, uh, we uh, we were talking and we uh, you brought up defeated sanity's new uh, album and I told you at that Slaps. point I haven't listened. I, dude, so good by that. I, I I definitely went home and listened to it. Um, but uh, after that, I was like, uh, and we started talking about the split album that Defeated Sandy did uh, uh on 2016, uh, Disposal of the Dead slash Darmada. Right, right. Um, I always forget about I that release. Say, so I would say this is where I hear that. Um, I can't remember what side it is right now. Um, I believe it's Disposal of the Dead where you're just hearing a lot of like almost like bell kind of like knocking sounds um it just it kind of takes you somewhere else uh this it reminded me of the defeat of the sanity release but um all over i mean overall 
it was a lot. And it's I, it's really I, challenging. I think that the percussion it's in particular is going to be a very divisive point for almost every listener, unless they're like their palette is developed for 20th century composers and chamber music. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I think it might, I think everyone is going to find this to be a challenging listen, but um, it's rewarding in that way. What, what I like about this release is that the intellectual content of this record is pretty much indisputable. If you're into pure musicality, like if you're a fan of, if you're a student of music theory and composition, mm-hmm. again, this is one of the most challenging listens that you'll have all year. Yeah, I always go to Dysrhythmia when I hear these guys, naturally. Well, because that's, um, that's another Colin Marston project is why. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> so you just, you're going rewi- to be reminded of his most notable project. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, it, uh, I mean, wh- at, one point, at what point, I got to ask you, did you decide, you know what, I'm not sure this is my kind of cup of tea. I mean, I, I love the release. I mean, I think it's great. Did you? Are you going to listen to it again, Christian? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I bought it, so I'll definitely revisit it. You're, but you're right, though. As much as I you do... You're better than I. Listen, I'll, 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 I'll make that concession. Um, as much as I do enjoy a challenging listen, distorted guitars, I'm not going to lie, just don't hit the same way without traditional rock percussion. And I feel like some of the impact is totally lost as a result. Yeah. Like, I think this may yeah. just be a palette thing. This is also just so new, there's really nothing else with which to compare it against except 20th century composers. That's what I just keep fucking going back to. Yep. You know, when we, when we spoke yeah. with Colin, he, that, he definitely made that clear that this music is now far more influenced by symphonic and chamber music than it is by anything metal. He opened my eyes. That was a, an amazing chat. And then to see that man play that instrument... Um, I once again, like at that point, even in that conversation, um, he's above and beyond me. And so at some point I'm like, fuck, when I was listening to this, I'm like, maybe I just, ah, maybe I just don't get it. Like that kind of thing. I kind of got a little frustrated with myself. You know what? Just, just, just because you're not a, a musician doesn't mean that your analysis can also provide something that's insightful. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I think you might argue that it can provide something, um, that I'm too wrapped up in, you know, observing technique to even notice, for example. Yep. Yep. For the uh, fact that maybe uh, maybe it just sucks and I don't get it because I'm a fucking music nerd. <laughs> yeah, it, it is definitely it is definitely um the yin and yang of us. I am definitely the layman, um, and you are uh, are not that uh, with this with uh, all of this music stuff we talk about. So for those who don't know, I studied music for two years, but I did not graduate. I'm not gonna front. I uh, I was going to be a music <laughs> major, but there's there's like literally there's no money in that. I was gonna end up being a teacher, so I basically dropped out and moved. Um, uh, and then I dropped Cri- that, and then Cri- I moved. I dropped that out of the college there too. Subsequently, <laughs> uh, Christian seems to be a very calm and collected uh, and uh, educated person when you hear him on this podcast and you, you listen to him on Math Core Index and everything. But um, uh, he's a bit angsty, um, so I can see uh, <laughs> is he? how school didn't work out for you. He likes to he likes to keep that low key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, it's in your eyes, dude. Your angst is in your eyes still to this day. Uh, I try to get it out of my system here and there. Okay. Yep. Um, so yeah, but uh, I guess uh, let me ask you the question. Um, uh, what's uh, what's the track we're gonna do? To talk about some songs that I liked, to sort of skirt around that question, I liked Adult Contemporary, which has a really lovely like neoclassical arpeggio sequence at the start. I really like my, actually one of my favorite moments on this record is when there's no percussion at all during the bridge or the the latter half I should say of Other Realms, uh, which was very very hypnotizing. What track was that? What track was, was that? A, that was a good sequence. Um, I also really liked Blessing and Disgust. Actually, I think Blessing and Disgust is my favorite track and probably the strongest 
on the album. Yep, track four. Um, I would like to tell you, Blessing Disgust was one of my faves as well. I just wrote down track four, and that is definitely bless- Blessing and Disgust. It's because it's that. the most quote unquote brutal song on the album. It has those like disgusting chugs at the beginning, and some of the best <laughs> like stop start sequences on the album. Yeah, it made me stand at attention. I was like, huh? So I think we're ready to give them that song then. <laughs> cool, agreed. So we're gonna go ahead and play for you "Blessing and Disgust," which is track four from "Behold the Octopus's Behold the Octopus's New Album, Hapoleptic Overtrove," which they released on June twelfth via Willowtip Records. Here we go. So that was Blessing and Disgust, which is track four from Behold the Octopus's new album, Hapoleptic Overtrove, which came out back on June 12th via Willowtip Records. We're just putting out some real fucking good records this year. They are busy. Speaking of which, uh, the next band we're going to talk about is Pyron. Or Pyron, that's sort of a point of contention. Uh, So Pyron, a a four-piece 
avant-garde. Uh, there's that word again. I feel like we're going to be abusing that this episode. Technical oh, de- yes. Technical oh, death yes. metal band from uh, New York and Philadelphia. They formed as early as 2009, releasing their debut EP in 2010, and have since uh, followed that up with two more EPs and three full lengths, all of which I, I really loved. And now they're back with their new album, their fourth full-length album, Abscess Time, which they released June 26th. Again, speaking of which, Willowtip Records. Lots of love for Willowtip on this episode. With this newer material, uh, Pyron have sort of gradually introduced more and more groove and uh, what I would kind of describe as noise rock elements to their music. And that's kind of like taking um, full form yes. on this release. Yeah, uh, there is a heavy element of like kind of like 90s like noise rock going on, Um, especially with like the just the crazy inserts uh, going on there. Uh, It's disturbing, dark, super experimental, like, yeah, really dark, like experimental death metal. Um, This is by far uh, it's well, it's naturally there. It's 12 songs. It's clocking in at about 60 minutes. It's the longest release they've done. And it's definitely the most challenging. I mean, I really just think it's just challenging as far as like, it's an hour of all over the place. Um, I really, really fucking enjoyed the more slow down kind of non vocal jazzy parts. Uh, I don't know. I guess, I mean, I bought this, I bought the, 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 uh, the vinyl of this and everything, man. It, all in all, this is definitely going to be like one of my top fives for the album of the year, dude. Uh, the, amazing, amazing. Uh, as far as the vocals go, just amazing balance of lows, and then that fucking skatey, gritty vocal going on too. Uh, the track, which is my favorite track, the Lean Years, really fucking practice both of those vocals. Um, especially, and that is also lyrical content. That is my favorite, like the lyrics of this uh, album. And that is another thing. Get out of my fucking notes. <laughs> Dude, dude, you just stole my thunder so hard. By, by far, by far, just uh, overall as an album, it's one of my top five so far. Uh, lyrical content, the structure, it was a ride in a really good way. It was like I'm looking out the window, not sure in which where, where I'm going next, you know. Uh, and it just had these like. It, it, I, it had these like Mr. Bungle feels, but then I realized it was like, oh, it's actually like there's like little butthole surfer like elements. Like it was like actually just like noise rock in general, like early '90s noise rock. Um, that's where I was getting that. Uh, but yeah, man, um, I'll, I'll 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 leave it at that. I, I fucking love the fucking shit out of this album. They're definitely broaching that territory. I'd have to agree. Yep. And you know, there's what I really liked about this is that they're just leaning hard into those more groovy noise rock elements too. That's that's really what I'm enjoying about this newer material. Um, yep. That that first track is basically the title track that is is basically just one nauseating riff with the vocals ranting over the top of that and like weird guitar noises. And there's a lot of really great guitar noise on this record too. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I do love the guitar work uh, on that note in particular, just really love again, the noise. Uh, I like the vocals, which have, they both have such a signature sound. You know what I'm saying? Like his, it, it, it seems like the vocals especially always have that heavy reverb and maybe like a little gain boost, which gives that it kind of like depraved maniacal, like demonic sounding that like they're shouting from the top of a snowy mountain, like a a recording technique that is not uncommon in black metal. Basically you really hear that approach used a lot in black metal. Uh, track seven, uh, is the, uh, track, uh, uh, overwinding, which is just kind of this deconstructed, like kind of like chill, like uh, free jazzy kind of thing going on on with these inserts of this 
God, I can't remember what it's movie from, what movie it's from, but just yelling about clocking in and them checking all your hours and they dock them docking you and stuff. And it's just, it gives it, it's this, it's just what, God, it's only fucking a minute and 40 seconds long. And it's something that I go back to in that album. And it's not even an actual track. I just, it gives me this weird, like under the skin anxiety. Um, it's good. I, I Wow. I'm fu- so surprised to hear that you enjoyed that track in particular, because that is most certainly one of the improvisational or at least semi improvisational, like loosely structured songs on this record. Well, you put, I mean, so they go track one, track two, in track three, it's not really, it's a, it's a minute track long. Track three is another a, one. I, That's another one of the, what I would pay yeah. as being an improvisational track. Yes. And I would say they just, it's just really well spaced. Um, and it just works very well. Uh, track 10, uh, Solostalgia or whatever it is. Solostalgia. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Solostalgia. Uh, a little longer. Um, but really we're just a fan of. Uh, the first two kind of like blending uh, improv tracks there, uh, track three and track seven. And then so. track 10 is, yeah, those track three, seven and 10 are, are definitely those, the ones that we're describing. Yeah. I'm, again, I'm so surprised to hear that you enjoyed that. That was, if I'm being honest, I'm, I'm really not into the, I'm not for the improvisational or semi-improvisational compositions. Um, yep. Although I do understand that that is part of the band's sound. Like to me, it just kind of feels like a waste of, of runtime though. Like I would have rather had a nine or ten track album and a leaner runtime, but that's just a personal preference, and I would still rate this record very, very highly. I'll give you that, but are are you really wasting time with two one minute tracks? You know what I'm saying? Again, like, like, it's, it's not the runtime of those. Much. The runtime of those three tracks together, or even just a, a, like a, a third of it, would have, I would have preferred to have another. Touche. Touche. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, technically, I mean, if, yeah, if, I, if we're going to be like living in hindsight and just like, you know, cherry picking that kind of thing, uh, I would just say keep track seven. That uh, o- overwinding is just smack dab in the middle and it just kind of like breaks it up for a second, kind of lets you get, get your breath, you know, and realize what track you're on. And then you go into track eight. I'd uh, have to agree capital. with you. I agree with you there. Yeah, that is. Yeah. It is a good Anyways. palate cleanser slash, you know, just mid halfway point of the album and just take a breather. Yeah. So I guess, it, you uh, know, it does I- serve its purpose on the album and, uh. Yeah, I don't want to be too hyperbolic, but just definitely want to back up Levi by saying that this is pretty much uh, unquestionably one of the best releases in extreme music of 2020. In fact, they're just pushing so many boundaries here, compositionally and stylistically speaking. Well, you beautifully put these two. I'm not sure if you meant to or not. I mean, I know we got we got Willow Tip two Willow Tip bands going on, uh, you know, first and second here. But you know, Colin Marston as well. He uh, he uh, recorded these guys. That's right. uh, The Thousand Cave. Mm-hmm. Um, but Man I want to say specifically, um, it's something that, uh, like my my wife. Uh, so she's not a metalhead, but uh, I always find it interesting things that like she'll hear and be like, oh, whoa, what, what was going on there? Like she actually notices it, or and it like clicks with her, or she'll see artwork or a certain design that like really grabs her. And specifically, she was like, first of all, the layout of this new album is amazing. God, it's but, beautiful. Um, just, um, I love that they have stuck with the same artist Caroline Harrison through this whole, like through each album. Um, it really adds this, it's almost like the Black Dahlia murder, you know? Every every Black Dahlia murder, murder album, it's fucking Black Dahlia murder. You know what it looks like. When you put it on, you're like, fuck yeah, that's Black Dahlia murder, that kind of thing. I like that. It's given them like a very this, consistent visual aesthetic for sure. I fucking love it. And and it's, it, it in the visual aesthetic of what they're doing, it fits so well. And I just, I don't know really how else to go into it because I'm not a musician, I'm not an artist, uh, but it it works really well for me. It's it's beautiful, man. Yeah, I, I really I like their. I think they have a very strong visual aesthetic, and that is 
That is so fucking important in this day and age to set yourself apart from the sea of shit. I mean, when you're just looking, <laughs> when I'm on when I'm on Bandcamp, I can barely get a fucking page without just rolling my eyes at how cringy and awful some of the artwork is. Like, I don't know why these bands are out here flooding these fucking tags that don't even. Anyway, I'm, that's a whole other rant. But oh good yeah, art. man, that, that, that's, that's a specific you <laughs> branding. <laughs> yeah, branding is a specific me thing for sure. But uh, to talk about some tracks that I liked, I really liked the title track because it's just so different from anything else that we've experienced in their discography. I really enjoyed track two, Down at Liberty Ashes, where like, the band actually launches into their first certifiably like death metal mm-hmm. material of the album. But by the end of the track, man, they're right back to that lovely guitar noise and groove. My favorite track, I think you mentioned was your favorite track, is The Lean Years. That's where we that's that's just so infectiously good. Like where they, they start to take this this new evolution to more it's like a more perfect manifestation. And it's like they've really gotten comfortable with writing the style of death metal and noise rock on this track in particular. And it just has that like that sickly dissonant groove that is just such a fucking earwig and they really make you beg for it, but they use it just sparingly enough that it's not it doesn't overstay its welcome. It doesn't feel like they're they're like leaning on that one hook. I also really liked Another Day in Paradise, which is probably, quote-unquote, the most brutal track on the album. has some cheeky pig squeals, which I think are great. Like, bring back the pig squeal 2020. Work, fucking Stop work, squeal dude. shaming, people. Yeah, dude, come on now. Yeah, uh, yo, uh, uh, track eight, Human Capital. One of my one of the bangers there, too. Uh, really enjoyed Human Capital. Uh, yeah, Lean yeah, lean Years and Human Capital are my two my two tracks, for sure. Well, I, I think we've, we've piled enough praise on this band. Let's go ahead and give them a song, shall we? Yeah, dude. And yeah. If you're a fan, uh, just a quick FFO. Uh, if you like Wormed, Gorguts, uh, Volvoid, Behold the Octopus, maybe, um, recorded by Colin Marston again. We're going to give you uh, The Lean Years, which is track four from Pyron's new album, Abscess Time, which came out June 26th via Willowtip Records. Here we go. <laughs>
All right, so that was The Lean Years, which is track four from Pyron's new album, Abscess Time, which came out June 26th via Willow Tip Records. So next, uh, we're going to introduce a new segment, new segment alert, uh, MathCore News. We're going to go ahead and give you a few uh, quick news reel, separate from Release Radar. It's totally different, I swear. These are different things. Release Radar <laughs> and MathCore News, separate, different things. So uh, The Fall of Troy just dropped a new album featuring some reworked older songs from their 30 Years War days, which we'll be covering next episode. I mean, have you listened to that yet, Levi? Have you given that, that, new, that new old Fall of Troy album to listen yet? I'd rather not. I, I'm cool with just Doppelganger. Guess what, and, bud? You're going to uh, have to because cool. we're talking about it next episode. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to go ahead and need your, your critical analysis, bud. Uh, oh, you, oh, you'll get it. Oh, you'll, fuck, I'm, oh, I tell you, you'll, you'll get, get an analysis, it. all right. Um, another bit of exciting news. Uh, Genghis Tron just announced their return and that they plan to release a new album next year via Relapsed Records. So that is something. Um, they're missing the vocal. Oh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, they're missing the vocalist, though, yes, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, Levi immediately putting the damper on this. Mookie is, is no longer in the project, but it is the... The drummer of the Armed, if I'm not mistaken, no, it's the drummer of Baptists, and it's the vocal vocalist of, of the Armed. So Whatever. that honestly, the vocalist of the Armed does sound a whole fucking lot like Mookie on those records. Come to think of it, and the drummer of Baptists is the drummer of Baptists, so you know he's good. He's like another another Ben Kohler. <laughs> um, I'm uh, I'm not sure if you and I are both going to agree on this, but I would like to say the um. Uh, Manila House version of both of us would agree that um, if you are to break up and be on hiatus for oh almost 10 years and then come back and oh not have the uh, vocalist um, I think it's not a good choice to come back or you just start something oh I mean they, they definitely I mean it didn't go unnoticed to the hardcore fans well, I mean, like, because what are you doing exactly? Like, are, like at this point, it's like, it's like, uh, uh, ring, what are ring, they doing? Are you They're resuscitating a band that is beloved, and everyone wants to hear more from you know. Resuscitating is the proper word. Absolutely, <laughs> yes, it might. Yes, like, like, do yeah, not daughters resuscitate. Did it. That's a, Kevin just pointed out astutely. Not, well, well, that's okay. Do not resuscitate is always a question. We daughters was resuscitated, and that it was good. It was great that they're alive. But there's a lot of bands that it's almost like it's just better to just you know fade into the distance into the dark instead of fucking like tarnish your reputation by coming back with something which, that doesn't meet expectations so i i guess it will, it will remain to be seen whether or not it was worth it for them to do it we don't know if it, this is a good idea until we hear okay. the, the album so what, let's hear once again out. it well whatever it's going to be it's not going to be Genghis Tron because when you want when you're going to hear it you're not going to hear fucking Mookie you're not going to hear him right away, so what the fuck does it matter? You're going to hear the guitarist. You're going to hear the guitarist. Yeah, He's one of the original songwriters. Many, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyways, uh, we'll get... We'll, we'll, we'll so there's there's varying degrees of excitement about the return of Genghis Tron in MathCore Index, uh, the MathCore Index camp, but I, for one, am stoked. I'm, I'm stoked to see them coming back. I'm looking forward to a new Genghis Tron album in 2021. I think it's going to be a wet fart. Well, you're a wet blanket, so you would. <laughs> um, mm, whatever. <laughs> uh, this is not really news, but uh, shout out Hardcore Keem, who recently 
reacted to one of our videos. Uh, Soul Keeper is his favorite band, so he got very emotional when they uh, they used him in like oh the background my God. display. It was a really like lovely, touching moment. Yep. Uh, by the way, um, awesome performance by Soul Keeper. Yeah, definitely, really solid studio session for sure, and uh, entertaining graphics as well. Little casual mention here. Ben Kohler mentioned that he would play drums in response to a lamb goat tweet. So yes, we are going to call that news. He said that he would play drums in response to a uh, a botch reunion. So if botch were to reunite, Ben Kohler of Converge would potentially be interested in playing for them. Um, the Motion Mosaic parted ways with their vocalist, so hit them up if you're in the Minneapolis area. Great band. Really good math core. Their album, Avant Garbage, is definitely one of the best things that's come out this year. Chamber just dropped a new music video, new album out uh, 1023 via Pure Noise Records. Looking forward to that. Uh, we premiered a new single for Horse Torso. They dropped a new single, Jerry Springer Spaniel Day Lewis. <laughs> from <laughs> their new album, Micro Pianist, um, which is out August 21st. If you like some yowie shit, hella. Um, Terramelos, you should definitely fuck with that. Don Cab. Uh, Thin did a run of 12-inch final via 12-gauge and destroyed by Deathwish. So if you like Thin, formerly Mary Todd, definitely go scoop up one of those. Um, this is kind of some funny news. Did you hear about meth repressing Mother of Red Light and then prosthetic fucking up the B-side? Like they What? They repressed Mother of Red Light, and then the B-side was apparently a completely different band. So they had to, like, refund everybody. Isn't that like? Oh ridiculous? my god! <laughs> it's a big, big oversight there. I don't know. I don't know how you fucking drop the ball that hard. Well, you know what? I, I think in this in this situation, as long as meth doesn't have to bite and like take a hit for anything. Mm. I mean, I understand like the income oh, no. isn't coming in at this point or whatever. I mean, then okay, then that's it, whatever. Honestly, whatever happened is not going to be held against meth. Shit, man. I mean, I fucking you and I both know ordering from manufacturers and stuff like that. As long as I get my fucking money back and I got a date and everything for something to come back, just it's all good. Just I hate you, but thank you for the business, that kind of thing. You know, it's like I don't know. That 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 sucks, man. That fucking sucks. That does suck. What an oversight. What uh, um that is that shows you. Well, I mean, naturally, I mean, you've heard this from numerous bands and you hear interviews all the time. But like, you know, uh, vinyl vinyl pr- productions are backed up already. You know, so I would it, it makes complete sense that somebody would accidentally fuck up and do something like that. I, I'm sure it's happened many other times. You remember that one time I got that um, the wrong jackets for yep. Fawn of Love. Yes. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to. I, I was wanting you to bring that up. That's exactly in my head what I'm thinking of. I'm like it just fucking happens, man. Yeah. Fucking people sometimes just put the wrong sticker on the box, and you just got somebody else's shit. You know, like that's just what it is. It's human error, man. So it's, it's alive and well. For our listeners, um, I uh, I run a label, and we received like the wrong jackets for an entirely different band from the manufacturer. So that's what we're talking about. Um, and speaking of which, uh, one last quick plug for Dark Trail Records. Uh, we did a very limited run of uh, 12-inch final for Under the Pier Puff Pieces with their debut EP as the B-side. Uh, we released an anthology CD for uh, the Filipino mathcore band Limbs, so go check that out as well. Uh, and as we talked about last episode, we're putting out the new Fawn Limbs album featuring Lee Fisher, formerly of Psyopus, uh, mixed by Petter Frontier, and sectioned and mastered by Simon from War from a Harlot's Mouth and Nightmare. Um, Sleeper Vessels on CD, uh, via us, 12-inch vinyl via Roman numeral and Wolves and Vibrancy, and cassettes via Sludge Lord Records. Uh, and that's not at all. We also did a repress of their debut full-length Harmer mission, so you can snag that as well. And that's that. That is uh, that is Mathcore news for the last couple months. 
I feel very updated. Yeah. Something, a little something different for you. Mm-hmm. So next, we're going to talk about Imbroglio. Imbroglio uh, is a solo grind sludge project from Dayton, Ohio. It started back in 2007, released their first album in 2009, another in 2011, several others between now and 2015, and then they kind of went on like a five-year hiatus. And now the, back are, uh, the band are back rather with their first album in five years, well, their first single in five years, and have returned as a solo project featuring the original guitarist, vocalist, songwriter, Daryl J. Gilbert. Imbroglio play a blend of like grindcore and sludge and mathcore. This project has actually evolved and changed quite a bit throughout the years, as you can imagine. I mean, they've been around for like 13 years, with a ton of lineup changes, and now it's just one member. So although their older material is more aggressive and chaotic and mathcore leaning, this newer material is definitely more like measured and deliberate, albeit still heavy as fucking hell, though. Same fucking thing, dude. Just heavier, if anything. I mean, it's uh, it's the same kind of idea. I I didn't. I mean, I noticed. Um, I I mean, I guess I just it's still feels like the same band. I guess. Um, on this uh, single, it's hardly even know? noticeable that it's a solo project because I I think that again, Daryl is like the main the main person. I mean, those I guess those sludge elements they've actually been there all along. So this really isn't anything new for them. But it is worth noting that they kind of slowed it down here and they're leaning more into Ooh, that. Oh yeah. I mean, they're leaning more into the doom and sludge. Uh, that really recalls, like, Primitive Man for me. Yep. You definitely hear him. Uh, he's. I mean, he's got to be playing a seven string. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. It might just be a baritone, but um, I haven't really, like, seen any, like, live videos of them, come to think of it. Yep. Essentially, though, it just seems like Daryl has, like, a lot of ideas to disp- express over, like, a broad variety of metal and punk styles. And he's a goddamn versatile songwriter, in my opinion, like... Mm-hmm. I don't know if you went back and listened, but they've just been like pumping out really sick jams for years. Okay, so I do want to... Um, I'm stoked, yet kind of slash feel foolish. Um, I am not... I've never been... I was never aware of this band. Um, this is completely new to me. Um, and then Are you see serious? The back catalog, homie. And, I'm and, so it shocked. Thing, you might I mean, yeah, it, it is what it is, you know. Uh, so fucking... There's a lot of music out there, and I just... And actually, it's kind of nice, because... I, it's almost, I mean, you know, you find it, uh, it's like, uh, I find out, I, I just found out about, about the mighty boosh. Guess what? Good news. There's three seasons. Bad news. There's only three seasons. Further bad that news. Kind of thing, that guy know? got canceled. <laughs> yeah. Well, I understand what I'm saying though, but like you find something like that. Wow. And I didn't even know he got canceled, but once again, I'm not paying attention to a lot of things like that. I think uh, it was, but, uh, I think it was blackface if I'm not mistaken. Sorry to, oh, sorry to break that yo. to you. Yeah, hey, I get that one. Anything else would have been like, wait, what's going on? No, yeah, okay. Um, but uh, anyway, so it's 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 like that. I, I legitimately was just like, holy fucking shit, this is amazing. Like, I, I just can't believe it. Like, And I went back and I got to really enjoy it all. But it isn't like, you know, it apparently it seems that he's back with more. But, um, uh, you know, you kind of like on the band camp, uh, he speaks about it, you know, and he just, it, it overall just seems like he was just fucking fed up and had some shit to say and had that hair up his ass and decided to create more music under this style and the name and make, you know, a solo project and just do one track. Um, I think it's amazing just to pop one track out of after five years and continue with the almost like kind of, um, just do an homage to the name, man. I mean, it's it's great, dude. It's very cult lead, very cult leader god. Dude, exactly, Kimbo exactly. Style. You took the words right out of my um, mouth. It's that very much sounds like Gaza and clinging to the trees of a forest fire. 
it i want to i want to touch on this one thing i think it is so fucking amazing that anybody in today's day and age as much as sometimes you know people produce terrible fucking shit that um a, a talented musician like this that a man can you know do vocals play guitar you know figure out drums and everything uh and you can just do it yourself these days i mean just like you and i being two fucking numbnuts that we are we've been able to do you know you're you've been able to handle math core index dark trail and then we have been able to handle math uh math cast uh and it's you know it's just you know we have our fucking recording equipment and we get to do what we want to do we've covered bands that have been one person projects this whole time and it's and it, it's varied throughout but it's just amazing that everybody literally just gets to fucking have the choice to just produce and release what is in your brain it's it's amazing it's it's almost uh too much sometimes because there's so much music out there it's hard to you know process it all but especially this you guy really got me stoked on this that it's just you know you can pick up everything and just produce well as you, you were know? saying like he definitely got a wild hair and was you know upset enough that he needed to say what he needed to say on this track and it definitely it's amazing the subject matter is one that resonates with me and sort of reflects a huge problem in this country which is of course police brutality and systemic racism um, and 100% yeah. of the profits are going to Black Lives Matter affiliates and protester bail funds um, so you should definitely go ahead and throw them a few bucks on Bandcamp yep um, I do want to say one more thing just as far as this, the commenting on the sound uh, it is the muddiest groove I have heard this year yet it is thick it's disgusting um, it, yeah they, they should go on tour uh, with yeah. worry like that would be a great a great tour package oh, yeah. if tours ever happen again yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shows this year, homie. Hey, uh, you want to hear a joke Levi shows <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much bud I hate you so much um, but, dude it's a it, 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 once again just stoked on that you can produce something by yourself um, hooray for the internet right Hooray for the internet. I, I really hope that he has more hairs up his ass. I, I don't want more tragedy to come out for him to produce more music, but fuck, man, you already got it going on here. I'm pretty sure some people are going to throw you some some bucks for this music, so let's fucking do it. Indeed. Let's definitely uh, go ahead and do that, as Levi said. Throw yep. some bucks at this project yeah. and uh, help, <laughs> help a, good, pro- help a good, good cause. I'm trying to say the good thing, Levi. Don't laugh at me. Okay, so um, we're going to go ahead and play for you the new single by Umbralio. Uh, It's Domestic Terror, and that came out on July 10th. Here we go.
right, so that was Domestic Terror, which is the new single from Imbroglio that came out back on July 10th. Really hope that we get more from that project. Oh, so what I was telling you when uh, we were um, uh, going to uh, break here, um, I have been in, uh, mispronouncing that uh, very badly, and I actually won't tell you how, I, how I've been pronouncing it. Just in my head, I've been like... Imbroglio. Yep, okay. I'm guessing you said Imbroglio. I did. You did. Okay, well, I mean, that's no shame in that. You, you phonetically... Thanks, man. You take a stab at it? <laughs> Thanks, dude. All right. Um, so, um, let's see here. What's next? Next, we're going to talk about... <clears throat> excuse me. Arbus. Arbus are a five-piece mathcore progressive rock band from Kyoto, Japan. And they started back in 2008, releasing their first demo in 2009, and their debut EP, A Recess in the Wall, in 2010, which I absolutely loved, man. Like... I used to listen to that EP constantly when we lived in the Manila house, uh, and it was one of the first bands that I ever featured in my first blog, Broken Circuit Monologue, which some of you might be familiar with. And then they re-released that EP six years later in 2016, and a, and a second EP a couple years ago, and now they're back with their uh, new single, Unexpe- uh, excuse me, what is it? Unexpectable, <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> which they released mm-hmm. uh, way back on April 23rd. We kind of let this one slip through the cracks, but... I really love this band, and I realized the other day they might not be following up this single with anything else, given the current, you know, the circumstances of the world. I won't ever get a chance to talk about them, so I wanted to seize this moment, and hopefully they're planning on following this up with uh, their first full length, because that's the thing they haven't, 12 years, they haven't given us a full length album yet. I noticed that. Which is such a bummer, because again, that that EP, Recessing the Wall, is just so good, it's like... It's like a perfect blend of mathcore, prog rock, and post-hardcore, where it just kind of like hits all these different check marks for me. Like their stuff can be really uh, technical and chaotic, but the riffs are also very memorable, um, and they balance those moments out with stuff that sounds like it could be pulled straight off a Mars Volta album, and others that feel like they could be off a Dillinger or BT Bam record. Basically, their sound is like perfect to my ears. I cannot get enough of it. <laughs> and they like they also have this like signature motif which they bring back they quote at the start of this new EP their their latest EP that is and it's such like an end of the moat or like forest kind of moment where they just they connect these two releases so perfectly I'm not sure I if did you, not notice that damn so you you didn't go back and listen to a recess in the wall I take it then I did I did I just didn't notice that yeah um, yeah like, I gotta be I so I this so um yeah man I didn't I didn't know I another thing I just never really followed on this band at all uh it's kind of new to me um so i guess yeah i just didn't nerd out as much man um i i found it very just energetic uh i would say just positive as far as just um you know it being more upbeat just beautiful uh math rock um the last releases i did notice everything has been basically an ep um but other than that man that those are my notes man it's uh i'm, I'm a little more scarce on these guys i i enjoyed the listen um, but I just don't have much to say. Well, I get it. I mean, it's just a single. I mean, there's as, as far as the new material goes, there's really not a lot to talk about here. We just have. Well, and that's what, and I, I'm kind of bummed that you're telling me that I'm all I'm getting is probably a single here, which is pretty. In, well, that in that was sense. my that was my fear is what I'm saying. Like, I don't want that to, I don't want this to come to pass that we didn't ever talk about Arbus on this podcast because they're a real fucking good band, um, and this new yeah. single is worth your your time and your attention. And honestly, if you're not familiar with them, before you even go any further, go back and listen to A Recess in the Wall, and then 
maybe listen to this track. I mean, the, their EP from 2017, Sheep or whatever it is, is really fucking good too, actually. And yeah, it's just uh, to, to say some things about the new single. I'll just go ahead and take it away here. The new single essentially shows yeah. that they still have that same like melodic flair and rock sensibility, but that they haven't lost their bite, um, which can happen when a band has just been around for a fucking decade. Truly, though, it's like this band can just sit down at any time and effortlessly like write a classic. They make it seem easy. It's just like so perfect, upbeat, progressive metalcore with just enough bite uh, to keep people like myself, who lack you know an attention span, interested. But again, still very memorable and touching melodic moments that like really, really stick with you. Like they they know how to convey that sense of longing and desire, and it's kind of like beautiful and sad and joyous all at the same time. Another example of a band writing a song that feels like it should have been a song all along, like. They write these. Oh my they, they like they write these parts that are just so good and obvious. It's like I'm mad that I didn't think of them. You know. Yep, that's pretty fucking well said, there, dude. Yep. What I liked is the vocals, especially the harmonized singing, the guitar parts, which are really exciting and memorable. Which I, I've said like so many times. Uh, just coupled with the vocal hooks, just fucking, they really get under my skin. Um, what I disliked is their Bandcamp pricing, which is absolutely outrageous. They're charging. $10 for a recess in the wall, which I think is a five or six track EP, which is wild. Like y'all should definitely consider lowering that just a little bit. I think you'll find that you'll get a little more traction. I mean, I went ahead and threw them the money because I feel like they, I have so much love for them that I deserve them. I deserve, they deserve it rather from me, especially if I have so much enthusiasm for them, I went ahead and I met them half more than halfway there, but yeah, hopefully they, they hear this and they decide to lower the pricing just a bit. Because they'll probably get more transactions and more visibility as a result. And Lord knows Spotify doesn't pay you fucking shit unless you're like pumping out tens of thousands of plays a month. So yeah, you got nothing there. Support bands on Bandcamp, you know. So we're gonna go ahead and give you their new single uh, from Arbus that is Unexpectable, and that came out on April 23rd of 2020. Here we go. Thank you. 
Alright, so that was Unexpectable, which is the new single from Arbus that came out on April 23rd. Going back a ways there, but definitely wanted to show them some love. Worth it. And you should too. Definitely go check out their Bandcamp. I may have oversold the Dillinger and BT Bam comparisons there. I mean, that's kind of more present in their older stuff. This stuff, they're definitely leaning more into like a Fall of Troy kind of vibe. Which is fine with me. Again, they've those kind of like melodic post-hardcore hooks have really always been present in their music so the next band we're going to talk about is Terms Terms are an instrumental math rock no wave duo from St. Louis Missouri featuring Christopher Troll formerly of Grand Yulena and Yowie (laughs) wow you can hear that some serious fucking math rock no wave pedigree there for you and Danny Bihotsky of uh, Jitters I looked up how to say that, so I'm like 99% sure that is how Danny feels <laughs> if, if I got that wrong. I'm sorry. You did your homework, dude. That's fucking awesome. I try. Uh, both of which, I think we've, we've talked about both Yowie and Jitters on this podcast, if I'm not mistaken. We have. Definitely, we have. definitely Jitters, and certainly and it, we've mentioned Yowie in passing. No, Yowie, we did uh, the, that lap. We, we, we definitely covered Yowie. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go ahead and agree with you. I'm pretty sure we did. I think he was because like, okay. How about this? If we didn't cover Yowie, they were definitely on one of the Mathcore Index uh, uh, compilations. That that is definitely a certainty. Okay, boom. This is a relatively new band, which I assumed was formed after Troll's departure from Yowie. Uh, they were formed in late 2018. They released their first EP in early 2019 and reissued a new EP with uh, new mixes rather of the songs along with a new single called Hoarder of Operations, and they released that via SkinGraft Records. Excuse me. And now they're back with their debut full-length album, Asbestos Mouth, which uh, they're releasing October 2nd, again, via SkinGraft Records, um, which, along with Choke Artist, is probably the best, like, almost purely math rock and noise rock label out there. Like, they've released some game-changing shit over the years. Agreed. 
And uh, the best the band could best be described as instrumental math rock, but their approach is so unorthodox, angular, and frankly avant-garde. Again, there's that word again. I hesitate to use it because <laughs> we are really Third throwing time. it around this episode, especially for Behold the Octopus. But truly, this shit is just so far out there that you could justifiably describe it as no wave as well. What I liked, man, just like the sheer complexity of the polyrhythms and the unsettling dissonance of the guitar parts, which are just like so gripping... Did you go? You listened to the the stream that I sent you, right? Yes. Oh, so good. Um, I'm glad to hear that. Then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was amazing. Um, uh, it came just in time too. I oh, mean, uh, but once again, um, it's so. I mean, uh, so you sent me you sent me the the full stream and everything, and that's actually what I listened to first. Oh, good. Um, wow. Yeah, uh, it was my it was actually this is, this, is, this is the last band that I covered uh, on this list, um, and uh, the Yowie influence was intense. But now it's like, oh right, there's fucking a member of Yowie in there. And then uh, with jitters and everything, I mean, this band makes complete sense. Like the math works out perfectly for me. <laughs> uh, I the math, not- shall we say, works out. Yeah, I was waiting for that, but <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, I, I, don't have, for... I don't have many notes on this, uh, mostly because of the instrumental side of it. Um, I just dug the fuck out of it, man. This this is amazing. Nice little uh, combo of uh, members here. Truly. Just yep. fucking top-notch math rock pedigree. Yep. Some songs that I liked, I really liked Hoarder of Operations, which they, they actually reworked for the full length. Or there's a different version. To be 100% honest, I don't know what the difference is, because I didn't listen to them back-to-back, but Apparently, there's an album version and an EP version. Fuck, what was the one that... I I also really liked, uh, while you're thinking about that, he hid his lies in the bags under his eyes, which is... That's another thing I really like about this album, is the fucking... The song titles. (laughs) They're so... They're great. Um, I also liked If I Become Sour. Your cutting strokes start to heavy... Or start to heave, excuse me. Um, and especially um, the cinematographer's silver band, which is like one of the most aggressive and chaotic numbers on the album. What, uh, I, I, my, my shit is not loading right now. Uh, what is track two? Do you have that in front of you? Track two is our asbestos mouths. Uh, that was my favorite. Oh, no shit. Yes. I have like zero notes on that song. Do you want to describe yeah. it for us? Um, just, it, it just stuck out to me, man. That that's pretty much it. Um, what about it did I, you like? Oh, uh, the Yowie I'm going to challenge because, you here. Uh, okay. The, the Yowie influence, ulti- ultimately, I just... Um, you like it because track. it sounds like Yowie, basically. Because at that point, I didn't know that there was members of Yowie in there. Yes, yeah, so I was like, oh, they are. You're okay. adorable. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's funny. Um, to uh, talk about some things, uh, just a couple of criticisms very quickly. I feel like maybe they could benefit from a third member in the mix to beef up on the low end. I feel like this production almost sounds a little thin due to how understated some of the bass parts are at times. Like, it seems like they're basically playing the root of the chord, which isn't, you know, isn't a bad thing, but I think maybe someone with serious bass technique in the mix could really add an additional element. Um, of course, there there's, you know, restrictions with members due to mm-hmm. stuff like COVID-19, mm-hmm. so there's, there's always that. But I feel like some low end could definitely be worked in a little bit more here. There are also what, three what I assume are improvisational tracks that I could have done without. Again, that's a very Christian complaint to make. And it's a fairly small complaint considering just how much content is packed into these other songs. Like, I'm, you know, there's speaking of musical density, like, you know, I'm a huge fan of Yowie and being that synchromysticism is one of my favorite math, you know, noise, rock, what have you albums of all time. 
I had extremely high expectations for this record. So I I'm such a big fan of Hoarder of Operations that uh, that track and when I went back into like that that one fucking hit me amazing like I don't know um, it when I did listen to uh, the link that you sent me and everything um, this was one just like Behold the Octopus it just wasn't grabbing me I guess um, just yeah. again you're always yeah you feel like you're so fixated on vocal delivery that you don't um i think instrumental bands just don't connect with you the same way i i mean not as much man you're absolutely right i mean if they don't come in strong it i get a little bit lost in there you're absolutely right um you might have just nailed something there (laughs) no you you occasionally surprise the hell out of me where we disagree and you're like oh i actually really liked this the instrumental like that one instrumental song or something i don't know yep oh yeah yeah earlier with yeah yeah uh but ultimately man this was uh yeah that's what i feel yeah, I mean, definitely. Kind of, I don't want to say it's a meh, because there are some really goddamn impressive uh, aspects to this record and some really, really good songs. But yeah, I could have done without the three improvisational tracks or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that they should bring some more people into the mix. You know, I would I'd like to hear this this project get expanded. Um, but it's still definitely worth your time. Um, and if you're a fan of Airborne Radar, Hella, Horse Torso, Terramelos, Farrakhet... Any like no wave math rock crossover, this is like brain boiling fucking shit. That no wave shit. I am so aware of it now. I get it. I get it. I fucking I get it. So we're gonna go ahead and give you. Um, I, we should. I, mean, I guess we just have to give them the first track. That's what's available right now. And I didn't really discuss with them or the label about using any other track. So we're gonna go ahead and play for you. <laughs> That's my fault. Uh, you're no, cutting. That's great. You're cutting strokes start to heave, which is track one from Terms' debut full-length album, Asbestos Mouth, and that's coming out October 2nd via SkinGraft Records. Here we go.
All right, so that was Your Cutting Strokes Start to Heave, which is track one from Terms' new full-length album, their debut full-length album, Asbestos Mouth, which is coming out October 2nd via Skin Graft Records. We're finally starting to get ahead of the curve here. <laughs> Catching up. It's fucking unbelievable. Except for the one band from April. Whoops. <laughs> All right. So next, we're going to give you your release radar for the month of July. All right, so one big exciting thing that came out uh, in July was Palimpsest by Protest the Hero. Uh, Brody, you know, had a huge vocal injury, but really came back with a, what I felt like was a really strong effort. Of course, if you don't like the singing, you're not going to like this at all. But I felt like it's their best, their best album since Fortress, personally. Um, Death by Dying by Needleplay. Finally got that EP out, and fuck me, it is like one of the best releases in mathcore that you'll hear all year. Just some top-notch playing. And we'll be talking about that later in this episode. Soft Sounds by Delta Sleep. They released a collection of, uh, of um, like takeaway shows, if you will, all with accompanied with really lovely videos. So go check that out on YouTube. Alphaville by Imperial Triumphant, which we'll probably be talking about next podcast. I'm starting to really get into some dissonant death metal the last month because I mean they're really just bands like that and. You know, Pyron, Pyron rather, are really just pushing some serious fucking boundaries. So, remember when we saw them in Oakland? In yeah. that fucking, uh, we saw Imperial Triumphant with Behold the Octopus in San Francisco. Was, oh, that's what it was. It was the yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at, at the at the game. The Eagle, yeah, yeah the Eagle yes, Lounge. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that was an amazing show, and they were they were so fucking good. Um, what else? Uh, Ultraviolet by Misery Signals. Fucking really good comeback with their original vocalist and curveball curveball dude the original did you vocalist, expect that to be that good like well, i had on top of that to get the original vocalist because he when he left originally he went i can't god i can't remember the fucking project that it was called but he basically like went right to like an e like a like an like singy like not even singy but just like a like it's like his emo project it was completely not even in the realm of like uh, fair music even touching it and shit like that. I remember he just kind of like went somewhere else like with like music wise and uh, it, it's just crazy that he came back. Um, I honestly have not given it much of a listen but um, the that Malice uh, release, that, that first one, that full length was fucking ridiculous dude. Um, at, yeah, uh, I saw them live in Minneapolis way back when I was a, I was a young boy. Um, but, uh, just a uh, wee I, lad. Just a wee lad. Uh, I knew you'd have yeah, something man. to say about this band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you I, know, I um, feel like they have really... We're getting off at a huge tangent here for a release radar moment, but I feel like they've influenced so many fucking bands on the Sumerian label, especially. Yeah, yeah, uh, whatever. Just everybody... I mean, I think everybody should... Everybody should go back and listen to that first uh, release that they did on Ferret. It's fucking ridiculous. So chunky, uh, I guess. Yeah. That's about uh, it. Game um, on. <laughs> so moving on here... Uh, Live at Developing Nations by The Wind in the Trees, which is actually their Math Core Index Fest 2020 live stream performance. So you can awesome. go listen to the awesome. isolated audio, which is really good. So if you want to hear a live album from them, it's top notch. Um, Immortality through Quantum Suicide by Zithlia, which we'll be talking about later in this podcast. Uh, False Peace by Asatis. 
Big ups to uh, the homies at the Heaviest Podcast for reminding me what a fucking banger that is and how good that band are. Mm-hmm. I Will Destroy You, Myself, and Everything I've Ever Loved by Zombie Shark, which we'll be talking about in the future. Uh, a Place Called, what is it, Levittown by Backseat Driver. I, I put this one in my notes because I thought it was worth noting. If you like Fall Troy-style post-hardcore proggy, kind of like mathcore stuff crossover, you would like that. Backseat Driver. Um, from Puerto Rico. Uh, the Nocturnal Misadventures of a Modern Mind by Red Shores, the homie Caleb's solo mathcore project from the UK. Mm-hmm. Potion and Those Darn Gnomes released a split. Potion has members of Car Made of Glass in Antarctica, guesting uh, more or less full-time now, it seems. It's kind of a contradiction, but <laughs> I don't think they're officially in the band, but they appear on a bunch of the recordings. Um, album 3 by Doom Shrugs from the homie Rory and uh, we'll be talking about that as well uh, Return of the Laser Viking by an Albatross we talked about that last podcast sort of a, a very brief return um, <laughs> not yeah. super lengthy but I, I really enjoyed the material that they put on that little little doozy of a two track EP uh, new single and music video from the Holloway Tape who are just really good at doing music videos Domestic Terror by Imbroglio new single which we talked about earlier in this podcast uh, yeah, Hawaiian Grindcore dropped a new single. What else? It's mostly just singles here now. Oh, Mathcore Index Volume 6, Tight Beat by Void Dweller. You hear that on his SoundCloud. Old Data and a New Machine, Volume 1 by Vane. Collection of B-sides and rarities and reworked songs. The Sanguinary Impetus, new album by Defeated Sanity via Willowtip Records. I think that's probably the best band in brutal death metal right now. Yep. And uh, Revocation of the Fallen, speaking of which, the first new album from Disavowed in 13 years. And uh, lastly, Impenetrable Cerebral Fortress by Gulch. More of an EP, um, but some great fucking throwbacky, thrashy kind of hardcore death metal crossover. So that was your release radar for the month of July. Pretty substantial one, too. So next, we're going to be talking about Zombie Shark. Zombie Shark are a cybergrind metalcore duo project from Philly. They started back in 2011, releasing two full lengths, two EPs, a few singles here and there, and now they're back with their third album, I Will Destroy You, Myself, and Everything I've Ever Loved, which came out. <laughs> Jesus what Christ. a fucking... Is that just not... What a brilliant title. So visceral and just... Yeah. Somebody's overdramatic. <laughs> Very effective, though. Um, and that came out back on July 10th. Zombie Shark play what most would probably describe as Cybergrind. I think that'd probably be a really easy umbrella to use here, um, which is essentially, you know, if you don't know, and you're too lazy to look it up, it's grindcore or metalcore combined with elements of electronic, specifically programmed drums and 8-bit synths, and in this case, heavy, heavy breakdowns. Is this a one-person project, though? It's a duo. That's okay. So yeah, there's more than one. That's why that's what I, I kind of took from like what I saw from photos, I guess. Um, yeah, C- uh, Corey Curly Swope, who's also a graphic designer, is the uh, the vocalist and programmer of this project. And then he has the um, wow. Uh, the second pivotal... member do go ahead. Uh, nothing. Just that, that that is the that is the dude right there. Then because holy shit, do I got some notes here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, He's a he's a talented dude, and I think he's been involved in this project since the beginning. I'm pretty sure it's his brainchild, and there's another collaborator who does the guitar parts for this album. 
Yeah, that sounds like that might be our culprit there. Uh, dude, so I gotta say, uh, very refreshing, yet reminiscent uh, mm-hmm. of a listen. Um, I just, uh, so I want you to hear me out on what I'm about to go on. It's a little bit of a tiny rant, but in a good way. Um, this band, it's amazing balance of just, just math core, the glitchy kind of techno, and with mm-hmm. the singy elements throughout the album, it's just beautifully put in there. The t- just, it's great. Now, the balance of all of what I just said, it continuously took me back. Now, everybody that is listening may be on the live stream or afterwards. Uh, the band Attack Attack. We all know, right? Crabcore <laughs> kind of essence, right? Right. The first release they did when that came out, um, I've always embraced more kind of like singy hardcore. I get basically if it hits, if it hits me, it hits me. Um, and I always thought like Attack Attack was like something that like would always grab people that didn't listen Levi, to. Uh, what? You like Stop. someday came suddenly, don't you? I do. <laughs> I do. I knew it. And now I guess I like it Busted. less now. I guess I like I like it less now, but god damn it. It did dude, not that, age well, dude. No. I you know honestly I'll admit when it when it first came out, I definitely gave it a few spins. Like I was Listen, definitely man. finding myself enjoying it at times. We 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 pro- we we progress as people and whatever was once heavy is now not as heavy and you know we we we, we add, we we kind of take away whatever it is. They were but they were the first band to like really do that sound. Listen, I mean, man, like we, at least we, popularize it. What you got is amazing well-written singy metalcore with the at this point the auto-tune was very new i mean other than t-paint it was still super fucking new so we hadn't heard it in this context really before yes and so what attack attack was was more like kind of this like party element to what the metalcore sound was what i'm saying is so zombie shark really took me back not what I'm saying, they sound like attack, attack, but they took me back to this just, um, like I, uh, like I'm walking through like a, like, like a metal show. And then I kind of walk into another show at some point, And then I walk back into the metal show. Um, it takes me on a journey. And I really thought that the balance of to be like, Oh, we're going to be a metal band with like keyboards, digital shit. Like it, this is not obnoxious. It's not overdone. I think it's really i i'm just uh i've never heard of this band before once again this is the third band already we're we're not even ha- we're now about halfway through this episode and this is the third band that i've literally never heard of but they have releases before this and fuck man it, this one grabbed me it was amazing um and i'm glad you didn't attack me on the whole attack attack thing um, no, i can see that comparison i mean i understand is- what you're getting at it's synthy metalcore so what, what is what is attack attack well, now I'm going to go on another thing where I know you don't like this term, but just hear me out. It also took me back Gent. to the early, early genty days of specifically uh. Born of Osiris. Speci- you know, because of, once again, we're going into this like kind of like Sumerian. Not, not the, yes. yes the or Rise early. Records. <laughs> I'm talking like the, the first one, the, the, the whatever rain album where it was like the track Rosencrantz where bone of Osiris, the original band title of bone of Osiris oh my was God, that Rosencrantz. Album is so you know good. what I'm saying? Yes. So, uh, they really took me back to bone of Osiris too. In that same way where it just, once again, this was very refreshing. The eternal episode, rain, eternal rain. Thank you very much. Or excuse me. It's the, the new rain is the new rain. 
well, they just re-recorded the album, so I'm not sure if they right, renamed right, right. it. But they definitely, and I don't like that they did that. Them and fucking after the burial, I don't know why those motherfuckers had to re-record something with another vo- with the other vocalist. Um, but uh, the the genty side of this band as well really just it was refreshing. I just wasn't expecting it. I really enjoyed it. Um, now if we are going back into their past recordings. I believe it was their uh, EP before this um, was legitimately the same idea they're doing here but they had more of um a less symphonic uh glitchy techno sound they were more it was like the vocalist was doing his vocal approach with nintendo core i'm not sure if you heard that but in the ep before this was definitely a bit more of oh way the digital c dude yes like I mean, they've been steadily dialing that sound in for years. Um, I get it, man. I, and once again, we're adding, we're subtracting. I, I mentioned the attack attack like, thing. I didn't really start t- like, paying attention to this band until they released the project that you're talking, the album that you're talking about. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like again, just as you were saying, like a perfect combination of electronic and heavy metalcore. I, I yep. almost don't even want to use the cyber grind tag here because it's like hardly displaying oh, any it's, moments of no, grindcore. No, no, no. It's I think it, it's almost a curse word at this point because when I think cybergrind, or like you're, you're, we're t- I, I, I legitimately, dude, because we came with broken teeth, I will always go back to like, oh, it's just one person, just it's, all right. What's one dude with the with the fucking keyboard, you know that kind of thing, where I just it kind of already turns me off a little bit, and I, but 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 I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. It's like cybergrind, it's like it is, it is like I very. Guess. We're using such antiquated terms to describe it, but it is like really forward thinking and kind of like futuristic in its own way, like. I think we're going to start seeing electronic and glitch elements seeping their way more and more into metal. Yeah. I mean, we, we we saw this style emerge during the MySpace era, but now I feel like it's like fully formed, and it's this is how it should have sounded all along. Like we're getting somewhat perfect cyber grind, and even transcending that that tag, it they've like kind of like shed all the tropes that Attack Attack had, and like yep. all the. The cringy, like, singing choruses, like, their melodic moments are way more, oh, more like, yeah. contemplative and, like, atmospheric. They're not, like, worked in as, like, a cheesy good cop, bad cop moment. Once again, uh, for all for all two members of Zombie Shark, if you listen to this, what it, that was definitely more of a jumping off point. And it's, like, but in the same way, I'm not comparing, but it's like, God damn it. Like every fucking scene kid is going to have to agree with you there. Like okay, <laughs> everyone, everyone yeah. loved that album, dude. If you liked, yep. if you liked metalcore yep. and at the time, most people probably didn't know better. We didn't, it wasn't cringe until a bunch of other people did it and did it even worse. And then we look back on the music video and it's like, okay, yeah. And pretty, it's so, pretty cringy, but <laughs> it, it's so, it's so out of like, there's so many other thrown in genres where it's a it's a beautiful balance for us metalheads that are like, all right, hey, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, oh, okay, all right, all right. And we kind of bob our head. But as far as like an outside listener, there's parts where they're like, hey, whoa, what's that? You know, and it grabs them. So it's like, I, I once again, it's just beautifully balanced here. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this, this album. Um, I was not aware of this band and I will definitely be paying attention. And once again, the, the fucking, not only are we talking the nostalgic kind of uh, sound here, but even the name, it's like all capitalized, zombie shark, uh, exclamation point, point, you know, that kind of <laughs> the thing. Stylization. It's just like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, it's, um, I appreciate that you, uh, even like it with Im- uh, Imbroglio, right? Is it? 
Imbroglio? The band yes, Imbroglio. I pronounced it correctly. Hey, hey. Uh, Good job, Just man. sticking to the fucking textbook. It's like, hey, this is what we were doing before. It's what it is now. Moving on, you know? Like, it, it's great. I, I thought this was, these are two great releases here, man. Yeah, they, they definitely expanded upon the, the sound from the last EP, but they've kind of, like, dialed back the 8-bit synths, leaning more into, like, those atmospheric electronic moments. Mm-hmm. Or atmospheric and electronic moments, additionally. And maybe just... Like less, just like overt beat down. I guess you know they still they still have that though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. What I I disliked about this is uh is really not a whole lot. Like I think this release is a pretty solid effort for what it is. By that I mean the electronic elements will inevitably alienate some hardcore fans, mm-hmm. and, and vice versa. The hardcore elements could alienate um, the electronic fans. The runtime is also really quite short, as the whole album barely clocks in at like twenty two minutes, but. We've got bands like Nails releasing 18-minute LPs and Gulch releasing 16-minute LPs. So um, <laughs> I guess maybe the precedent has just completely changed because physical media isn't you know, as important as it used to be. Uh, coming from me, and you all know, I mean, it's not only I like to see the lyrics, man. I mean, I just like a short fucking, not an EP, but just a nice, small, digestible six to eight track fucking album, man. Well, this I is like very digestible at however this, many tracks it clocks in at. You know, it's short. Yeah, dude, I'd, I'd much rather read two books in a week versus one. I feel like a little more accomplished, you know, and I just like to, <laughs> I, I, I do. I, it's I mean, a horrible I, analogy. I, well, listen, man, listen. No, no, no. What was the last not, time you no, read a not, book? Dude, I call, I, 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 I call whoa, bullshit. Whoa, 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 whoa! We're not going to go into that right now. Come on now. Uh, listen, but what I'm talking is like Levi couldn't read until 2005. Oh my god! <laughs> it was 2004, Christian. Uh, but um, uh, I I feel I feel that um something like this. It's not a it's not a bad critique for me. Um, the I, length I, thing you mean? I, I just the digestibility of an album. Uh, yeah. Um, like, dude, earlier like. Like uh, the the Piron uh, album, that is the longest album that I've been like fuck yeah to for a while because it's just <laughs> I don't know man. I, there's a lot of music out there, man. I got a I got a lot of fucking. That's a lengthy one. I think that's a double LP too, isn't it? It is a double LP, and it's amazing. See, I missed out on that lovely yellow purple color swirl, and now they just have the random so. I'm, I've been the randoms. On it, but... Honestly, I got the random too, but it's still sexy. Um, oh, but, uh, send me pictures. I want to see that shit. I will. I will send you pictures. You need to make an Instagram uh, for your vinyl. What are you doing? I know, dude. Uh, uh, with, with the zombie shark, uh, one more thing. Um, well, we touched on the Born of Cyrus thing. The Nintendo mm-hmm. Core. I guess. Oh, I guess. Honestly, dude. I guess I just said everything. Um, all I have left is uh, my favorite track. Um, that's all I got to say. My favorite tracks. I think Hellworld was probably <clears throat> the one that is like one of my favorites. Like has a really great music video that I suggest you all go watch because it really does sell the project. So I'll try to link that for you in the description. I also liked Computer Kids Unite. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, which just has that like swarm of bees, like synthesizers and glitchy electronic elements that gives way to the, the songs like Sung Chorus, which really recalled some of Code Orange's more recent melodic cuts for me. I liked since uh, excuse me synthetic city, which was one of the more that's my favorite. Cuts. My, that's yeah. my favorite track because that's like city, yeah. that's the fucking like brutal track. Basically, it's more chaotic, mm-hmm. and it, it still manages to wrap up like very dancey. I also liked my favorite track. I think actually was Red Pyramids Kill Each Other, uh, <laughs> which is one of the more interesting tracks on the album 
it's very aggressive in that intro, which bleeds into like a, a like melodic and electronic injected bridge, which is just kind of like all over the place stylistically. But I think at that point, it really sees them seamlessly blending all of these like metalcore and electronic and dance elements together. Agreed. I, I think it's actually the best track on the album. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if you're a fan of Code Orange... Genghis Tron, Sky Eats Airplane, um, any synth heavy metalcore like the Browning or Slice the Cake, those comparisons came just very recently to me, but um, Mm -hmm. I think you'll enjoy this. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Red Pyramids Kill Each Other, which is track five from Zombie Sharks, new album, I Will Destroy You, Myself, and Everything I've Ever Loved, which came out on June 10th. Here we go. Mm So good, dude. They've really they've set it up a lot on this album. I feel like I felt like that was um. If anybody disagreed with the comments before, we would re- refer them to that track, and they would have to agree with us. Afterwards. Dude, yeah, that one and the other one that you mentioned being your favorite. Yeah, Synthetic City. Dude, that one fucking is is real sick too. It's a banger. Indeed. So next, we're gonna talk about Zithlia. I really hope I'm saying that correctly. Or Zythlia. Same here, dude. I think dude, it's, actually, it's either Zilthia or Zythlia. Um, I'm like pretty sure on that. Uh, and that is uh, t- uh, Go ahead. D- uh, uh, 
crew <laughs> out there? Anybody? Anybody want to yell at Christian right now? Yeah. Dis- Discord chat, if I'm wrong, let me know. You guys, you always do. <laughs> I appreciate that. I've been saying Zith- Zithlia. That's kind of, yeah. <laughs> We're still talking about Pyron versus Pyron in the chat night right now. Um, <laughs> Come so, on, uh, guys. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, Zithlia are a solo technical death crime project from Minneapolis. It seems like it formed earlier this year, as near as I can tell. They just released their debut full-length, though, uh, Immortality Through Quantum Suicide, back on July 17th. First of all, what a fucking great title that is. <laughs> what a great fucking album artwork it is. The white background, it's it so... Pops. It pops. Yes. Ooh, yeah, we owe me a it, really, <laughs> it does, though, man. Yeah, the fucking... The, it looks like the name of the album. I'll say that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, uh, for everybody out there, fucking Geisterfar and uh, 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 Sectioned, uh, for anybody that's jamming this band, should be listening to them as well. Um, just amazing, fucking chaotic, just death metalcore going on here, man. Um, I, uh, I Yeah, it, it blasts through. Um, it went, uh, this is another band that I really appreciate that it's one guy it's like once again beautiful that just we can be diy these days just in in our bedroom it's fucking it's bonkers yeah it really is like flooring that this is one person just given the the girth of this fucking this debut full-length album there's a lot of material uh, a, a variety of material did you look into the gentleman that is this band exactly? No, I didn't. Actually, so I did not take he, the time to do that. He is highly prolific, I would call him. Uh, he has numerous groups. Um, and even underneath, uh, if you go on the band camp, you scroll underneath the track listing. He's promoting just himself in the band camp, um, which goes under just his name, Nick uh, Stanger, I believe it is. Stanger. Um, God, we're terrible at pronouncing this this uh, episode. Uh, but... um. Uh, he has another band, uh, his group, uh, uh, Ashbringer, which is, I believe, numerous people uh, in, in that group. Um, but it's kind of, honestly, dude, it's really amazing, like, black shoegazy atmospheric metal going on. Um, so this dude jams on numerous genres and is pretty fucking amazing. So... Um, everybody out there, whoever needs to check out all the rest of his shit um, underneath this track listing on his Bandcamp, on on, uh, on this uh, specific Bandcamp shows his Bandcamp, Nick Stanger or something like that. This is rem- sounding me sounding excuse me sounding more and more to me like um, Cameron of uh, Methwitch, you know. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I thought about Cameron. Speaking of somebody who's a yes. yeah, just a very versatile one one person project, but in a variety of other projects. Well, I think about uh, Seb as well from Meth. Not, but oh, yeah. know, Seb doesn't do the one-person projects. But he does. Seb as well, he does like, actually. There we go. So I mean, but he, I mean, just continuously farting out music, which is amazing, dude. This is this is insane. Like it, it's some of the. Did you best. look? Are you looking? Are you, I hear you clicking. You <laughs> I mean, check it out. No, no, no. I didn't get to that. But I'm just just getting back to um, Zilflia. It's like some of the best tech death or death grind that you'll hear all year. Like there, there's, Ooh, some, yeah. there's some elements that could also certainly be described as math core. Like every track is just balls to the wall in terms of intensity, uh, really complex guitar parts, disgusting growled vocals, blistering program drums, which honestly aren't even an issue for me because I feel like he's leaning into the sound as almost like a sort of a wink to the audience. Like 
you know, program drums go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, there, there's points where he just utilizes it. Just like, fuck it. Like just speeds that shit up, you know, which is great. Yeah. For me, really, it's, it's the guitar work that sets us apart from some of the other releases in death grind and tech metal. It's for me, it's time. It reminds me of Chris Arp, like just flat out. Some of the Psyopus techniques are definitely used on this record or very, very similar ones. I did not think about that, but I appreciate that. That is a good, yeah. Well, good it reminds me of, like more readily of Viramia, which reminds me of Psyopus quite a bit. So there you have it. Um, I really love the use of dissonance in the wall of sound on this record. Like there are times when it's just kind of really hitting those blackened vibes, like Kralos or Ulter, uh, excuse me, Ulcerate, but it doesn't li- like linger long in those places, which I also love. I get really tired of of that like straight kind of like blackened true blast or whatever over Jamalo picking. I get, I get bored of that very quickly. Uh, uh, for everybody out there that do, uh, does enjoy this. Uh, he's, uh, going to be, uh, releasing, uh, 200, uh, CDs, which I think is pretty fucking tight because I, I think this, this album specifically, uh, it's 12 tracks of pretty brutal shit. Which it needs a physical for sure. Oh, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Um, but man, uh, I, I once again, just um, not only is this album amazing, but man, this motherfucker is uh, he's got a lot in his head. Pretty tight. I hope he, I hope he fucking gets in a band and takes us on, or you know, gets some people to play with him and performs this live at some point when shows are a thing again. Oh, this one? Well, I mean, naturally, it seems like he can already kind of manifest that himself. Yeah, hopefully, uh, at or some just point yeah, when... do the, the, the putrid pile thing. It's certainly oh, an option. I've seen I've seen him at three separate uh, Bay Area Death Fests, man, and uh, it always makes sense. It always, when, once you see it, you're live. You're like, okay, fuck yeah, dude, fuck yeah, <laughs> like you know. So what are the what are the songs that you liked? What songs uh, were you into? Okay, so um, I would say my favorite track, dude. I have like one or two. Um, okay, so. I'll be lazy and just say death, uh, uh, track one, uh, the death unyielding, um, just because it just tears you apart for that first minute and lets you go from there. Um, as well, I felt flesh prison would be my number two, which would be, uh, track seven. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Those, I mean, all those songs go hard. Both of those songs rather basically every oh, yo, song on this release. Yeah, uh, the eye bath. Well. The eye bath yeah. is the best song for sure. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. In cool. That's why I wanted to squeeze that in there. I, I thought I forgot about that one. I thought you, yeah. Thought that you is that where one. we. It, it starts off with what is essentially a tech metal guitar clinic. It's just like a fucking assault of artificial harmonics and pick taps mm-hmm. that makes you mm-hmm. feel like your head is about to be fucking cracked open. Like, and then those slides, which could have been taken directly off a of "See You Next Tuesday" record, mm, just really really hitting all sorts of good notes for me i also really wait a the, second the closer um fester in the nether which is like the most ambitious song on this already ambitious release for a solo artist but it's like the most lengthy song i think it clocks in at like three minutes <laughs> i'm noting noticing ambitious, a really weird I, I, i'm noticing no, a really excuse weird me, it's four um, and a half minutes um, I'm noticing a really weird uh, comparison here, a little uh, similarity. Um, so we were jib-jabbering earlier about uh, uh, Piron, um, and we were talking about the breakers. Uh, you know, um, you know, track three, track seven, da 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 da. Well, now I'm looking at the track listing here for our boy, and it's pretty much the same well-spaced idea he's got a breaker uh in 
the intonation void uh track three just 20 se- 27 seconds uh track five is 45 seconds um and then he's got a breaker at ele- uh, track 11 uh, for 40 seconds he's still kind of he not the same length of track of the track you know per track but like he's like spacing it like you know track three or four you sound track- like a man obsessed <laughs> I, I think it's I think as far as like we were talking about you're with, like Charlie Pier- in the fucking the post room right now well with Piron with Piron we were talking about um, to throw in your your spacer tracks you know sometimes you know especially you mean an in interlude camp, interludes whatever just you know yeah I think uh, that's the, the preferred the, the, nomenclature man once again I'm, you're talking to a layman here man I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm going I'm going on my side right. but uh, but what uh, what it is what I'm talking about here is just um, the the tracks without vocals um, you know your your uh, tracks that is not the full fucking song you're not releasing as a single god damn it uh, so this is the same spacing as what Piron is so that's all I was saying there Christian oh, okay I see what you're saying that's, there's certainly a parallel to be drawn in the way that yeah that's all I was saying the album progresses I'll be, this is like half the length of the fucking the, the Piron album, though. Yeah, I know. All right, so um, all right, we're gonna go ahead and give you, <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and play for you uh, the Eye Bath, which is track ten from Zithlia's new album Immortality Through Quantum Suicide, which came out on July seventeenth. Here we go.
All right, so that was the Eye Bath, which is track 10 from Zithlia's new full-length album, Immortality Through Quantum Suicide, which came out back in July. So next we're going to talk about Needleplay. Needleplay are a mathcore, jazzcore septet from Boston, Massachusetts. They formed in 2017, released their first demo in 2018, and then they were joined uh, by Tyler Tremblay, formerly of Mouthbreather, in 2019, and uh, released their extremely ambitious full-length Cruel Spring that year, which I absolutely fucking loved and was one of my favorite albums of 2019. Uh, We also premiered a really excellent music video for the lead single, Doomster Baby, which I will be sure to link for you in the description, which was actually remixed by Kevin Antaresian of the Dillinger Escape Plan at Backroom Studios in New Jersey. So big ups, Kevin. This is another moment where I really have to insist you, you just go watch that music video right now if you haven't seen it already. Um, I do do want to let you know there's a content warning, um, so if your discretion is advised, it'll be in the description, though. On this new release, we see Needleplay channeling some of their most challenging and complex material yet, but like in a far more digestible package. Like, their sound is basically mathcore and jazz fusion, especially in the guitar breaks, which are very evocative of early Dillinger Escape Plan. Oh, absolutely. Like they, they that's a that's a real hard bar to they they took that jazz influence a step further even more on this release, I think, too. Mm-hmm. I mean and they've got more unorthodox instrumentation too. I think that's one of the unique aspects of this band is they have a, a dedicated key player. And on this release they've integrated woodwinds, so there's like clarinet and flute. So this is actually sort of groundbreaking. I don't really think that we've seen that very much at all in the genre like we've seen mathcore bands with strings like the Callous Boys and Juan Bond and of course originally Loom um, and horns and saxophones making occasional appearances in metal bands here and there with like you know Rivers of, of Nihil, Nihil yep yep um, but specifically Woodwinds in this specific setting I'm fairly certain is a first to kind of like quote myself like on a write up I did like jazzcore is kind of a lost art like there's not very many bands even doing this and it's sort of hard to define just because it's so eclectic it kind of like makes sense that this crossover would happen with mathcore which is another kind of extremity that encompasses a lot of different styles too and it seems to just amalgamate with other styles very easily so and a lot of these artists are already pulling from the jazz spectrum so it's basically they're like one of the only bands keeping this style alive all that to say um the uh this band has this amazing uh start stoppy uh, chaotic uh <laughs> sound uh which I can't get over um but they are really are the definition dude um of jazz core right now um i would like to compare them to a pretty throwback band uh lie by mistake, a mistake dude that's that's the that's my first band in my ffo for them every time like lie by mistake that was the jazz core band it's um where lie by mistake would be legit like 75 well actually no fuck man depending on the on the track and the album it's like 25 like dillinger and 75 like improv jazz or the other way naked city you know um it's they would just take you on a ride um really really appreciated that band 
Um, and they're a lot like number 12 looks like you too. Like speaking so, of kind of like jazz influence, number 12 had so many jazz breaks in the earlier stuff. And so this, this, this is this band. Uh, I mean, naturally it's a, uh, definitely, um, you know, younger gentlemen, uh, in this group, but it's, so reminiscent to early kind of like jazz core um approaches like that you know like lie, lie by mistake and everything like very early like like we're talking 2001 maybe um and then uh the screamo approach that um uh what is his name from mouth breather originally what's his name uh, uh tyler vocalist? tyler um very nice guy uh his uh the addition of what he does um vocally is just that frustrated early fucking screamo and then the i think the, he really next leveled this project too by the way it it's just to jump in it there. is yes it um like before him it, their their first ep just did not have the bite or the inspiring lyricism yeah um if you cannot tell that tyler uh has that like you, you hear the screamo uh, the screaming screamo side and you're like oh that sounds so frustrating everything but you know then thankfully they post the lyrics where man it uh it seems pretty fucking personal and emotional man and i really kind of grasped onto it it really um this I album i i have i have two questions for needle play maybe the second one is more an overall math class math cast question that levi asks all the time now um so question one i haven't i mean we needleplay just released this uh we weren't sure exactly if we're going to release uh, be talking about this or not for unsaid reasons whatever let me stop you right there and just quickly jump in and just explain what happened so they were supposed to thank you dude okay okay yeah so they were supposed to release this a while back like i think in may but for a number of reasons they uh they, they had to delay its release like until basically two weeks ago i think so yeah that was basically they just hadn't finished tracking some of the people hadn't so, finished tracking their parts so so question one uh i really want to know the idea behind the titles of the tracks and how it's these like i'm not even sure if they're real towns of they are and they're they definitely address i mean especially the song tuxbury is talking about life in tuxbury massachusetts are they addressing this like do they put this on the band camp at all like in the uh description of the album did you well no I, but i, I, I can share my interpretation which is it's a i think it's a commentary on depravity substance abuse and just general social commentary on american life that was what I got from it based upon the artwork and some of the lyricism. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess um, a lot of the bands get back to us and this would be a, a the, the, the main call out of this episode. I really want to know specifically what's going on here. I want to know, you know, I mean, so you said, I mean, cause I see Salem here. That's real. That's a real town and stuff. So they're all real towns. And if they are, I, I don't want to say like calling out, but they're like writing about specific towns. I just, uh, I really want to know more. It just seems so interesting to, to go this way on naming an album, you know? Um, and it's like, is this a lyrical hit list as far as like, you're trying to, you're like, this is really what's going on here. We're really frustrated with this, this state. Like, are you upset about the state? You know, like I, I um, it's interesting. 
I, I want to know more. Um, so that would be the, my first thing as well. Uh, second question, and this has been asked quite a few times. I'm so confused on releasing, um, later on, uh, the, the instrumental version and specifically it's like, do you think that many, I, I mean, if this is, if you're releasing instrumentals for people to play over it, I just, I, I, I think that's so we're interesting. Having, we're, we're having a, uh, another similar conversation to one that we've had a number of times in this podcast, but it's, I think it gives people the opportunity to do vocal covers perhaps. I don't know. Or just maybe learn and isolate the instrumentals, but then again, as I've pointed out, why don't you just make the stems okay, available? Okay, so rate? you're 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 basically just like boning out your your music for nothing. I or maybe they're just here, maybe they're kind of trying to cater to people who don't like the vocals. You know, that, that's, that's a very every, hear me out. One. Hear me out, everybody. I am. I, this is so Christian. I, I, I'm gonna I, let you I, finish. I know, I no no I know you I no I'm going off what you just said too but this is what I was originally going to say anyways so I'm releasing the album okay <laughs> I've released the album done everybody's been involved that's great now it's like all right Tyler love you bud but we're taking out the vocals and we're gonna release it the next month as an instrumental because you as you know a lot of our people don't like your vocals. So first of all, A, that's a terrible reason. So we're going to take that out, Christian. So option like B would be like, uh, okay, we're releasing this because we have so many requests that we that people want to play needle play, but without the vocals so they can learn it. Well, at that point, if you have that many requests, you should be the Psyopis route and fucking selling your booklets because you're this is hard fucking work and if you're giving up your stuff just for a side album to just people to play over i guess that's okay but then what's going on here like are you feeding into like somebody like for a youtube channel here you go ladies saying and is gentlemen you are stripping down <laughs> it's like it's like i released a sick ass design of a t-shirt okay and people buy my t-shirt because they like the logo but they also get the t-shirt and it's like, dude, Levi, not only do I love the logo of your t-shirt, but the t-shirt feels so amazing. I'm like, God. You think that they're you're wasting... Right. You're right. No, 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 no. You're right. Christian, you know what? I'm going to sell MathCore Index t-shirts without the MathCore Index <laughs> logo on it because the t-shirts by themselves are fine. Why would we want to just have it like offer that by itself? That is a but horrible you know, analogy. And... <laughs> Oh, exactly. Just like the horrible idea of putting an instrumental album out a month after. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense, and nobody's given me a good reason yet. So maybe Needleplay can tell me this. So, I'm done. I'm good. All right, you good? Jesus Christ. So, apparently what Levi disliked was the instrumental side that they put out. i just touching on a subject that's already been a thing. Um, I'm just saying what's going well, there in my brain. Since we're piling on the criticism, um, I mean, there's not a whole lot that I disliked about this release. This is already one of my favorite releases of the year. I pretty much love, actually, every aspect of what this band is doing. I just think maybe they need to work on maybe bringing some more, some more focus, rather, to the composition. Sometimes I feel like they're a little unfocused like they they put a lot of effort into the introductions like they're just the most insane guitar parts like early Dillinger and lie by mistake level jazz fusion of like technicality but then some they they oftentimes have like kind of a dip 
And I think that they are kind of also maybe not embracing those melodic elements as much as they could be. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think maybe they're a bit more understated on this release. They kind of hold back those prettier moments until later in the album. But when they do finally hit, though, it's almost like it does make them their own reward. I also think that the opener wasn't necessarily long, considering it's like a, a noise track with just like fragmented screams and like a random smattering of keys and woodwinds. So I kind of didn't really under- understand like what purpose that served in particular. But again, what I liked though is the guitar work, which is next level. I really like Tyler's lyrics and vocal delivery. He just always seems like genuinely passionate, yet somehow simultaneously aloof. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> like some like hardcore kind of like Jim Morrison maybe. That's yeah, great. I also really appreciate the fact that they gave us a more digestible release. Speaking of conciseness, I felt like that was Cruel Springs like main weakness is that it was way too long winded. They were trying to express way too much over too many songs. I don't know. It just speaking of just lack of focus, I think that's kind of a problem within this band. It was one of the very few criticisms I have though. I think they could just trim down the runtime of some of these songs a bit. Uh, it would be really hard for me to talk about you know songs part for part for obvious reasons, so I won't go into much detail, but to talk about some songs that I liked, I mean, I, I loved every song in this release, with the exception of track one. Woburn, Massachusetts, has that staccato intro that immediately recalls 43% burnt, right? I mean, it's like the yep. same kind of... Yep. It seems like every mathcore band has got to have their song, and it's like they're 43% burnt kind of like. <laughs> Antarctica had ours. It's the song that we used to start this podcast, actually. Um, That was definitely our attempt at ripping off 43% Burnt, or at least making a serious nod there. I also thought that Bill Erica, I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, also had a very strong and catchy intro with those pitch-shifted, harmonized guitar parts, as well as the EP's most prominent piano break, which is really fucking good. It has an excellent clarinet feature there, too. I'm not sure if you caught that. Mm Mm-mm. Damn, yeah, the woodwind features on this album are so excellent. Like, wait, no, wait, what am I talking about? Of course I did. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, they're they're really pronounced. They're not, they're they're subtler on the um, on the Cambridge song. I think it is. There's some flute that's like kind of like really low in the mix. No, I, but the woodwinds are amazing, man. Yeah, um, and again, just strong intros all over this release. Tewksbury, Massachusetts, uh, mm-hmm. Massachusetts, which again has. Uh, <laughs> Such a strong, head-spinning guitar introduction that is followed by a melodic clean break. And it really just... It's clear they spend a lot of time working on these fucking guitar-run introductions. But I think my favorite song on the album is uh, is Cambridge, Massachusetts. Cambridge MA, which starts off with this really lovely kind of jazzy, clean sequence that recalls number 12. Uh, and again, those subtle woodwind parts, which are just... they, they work They work so well in this context i'm like astonished some brave experimentation happening here you got anything else you want to add levi that's all i got man great yeah and if you're a fan of lie by mistake number 12 dillinger you need to fucking get this shit in your ear holes and i guess you're about to right now because i'm going to force you to (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. yes yes so we're gonna (laughs) the, the discord Kevin says, Christian, try to pronounce all the song titles. Yeah, I don't. apparently I can't say fucking any of the Massachusetts town names, so fuck me. Kevin! <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and play for you Cambridge. <clears throat> Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, which is track six from Needle Play's new EP, Death by Dying, and that came out on July 24th. Worcester. Sure. <laughs> 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 
Sire. <laughs> Here we go.
All right, so that was Cambridge MA by Needleplay, and that's track six from their new EP, Death by Dying, which came out back on July 24th. So next we're going to talk about Potion. Potion are a mathcore tech grind project from Mendocino and Humboldt counties featuring the homie Hunter of Trichomoniasis and the homies Quentin and Quaid of Car Made of Glass and formerly Antarctica. We've talked about Potion several times on this podcast. They started back in 2018, releasing their debut EP, Diaphanized, that same year, which I absolutely loved, man. So good. Followed by another retroactive release from 2017, a split with CMOG, uh, Car Made of Glass, that is. Another EP in 2019, and now they're back with a new split uh, with San Diego noise grind outfit, Those Darn Gnomes. Honestly, there's probably not a lot we can say about Potion that we haven't already. The project features completely off-the-wall guitar work akin to what you would hear on the noisier parts of Psyopus Records, but more like if Chris Arp was also obsessed with death metal and hair metal, (laughs) (laughs) which is also reflected in the vocals um, and some of the older stuff. Yep. A big, big hair Um, metal influence. Hunter, like, really likes that stuff. In some some way, I would describe this band as some pummeling screamo. <laughs> well, given the vocals of Quentin, you know, he, he sounds like a mix of fucking John Chang and the guy from uh, Reversal of Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like uh, if uh, the vocals, if everything was recorded properly, this band would be very interesting to hear. I mean, if everything was able to be... Lex. You know, take, uh, man, it, there's something here. There is something here. I think there is some sweet, uh, uh, dare I say, avant-garde uh, <laughs> approach going on here where it is like this. Yeah, it's all over the place. It is. Um, when it's, it's good, mappy. it's really good. Yeah, I'll give you that. Like yeah, when, they, when they're like yeah. when they're like in their vibe, when they're in the pocket, so to speak, when, especially when Quaid's playing is like consistent, because that's honestly one of my one of my criticisms is that I feel like. I question whether or not some of these songs could be replicated live. That's that 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 is my one concern as well. There's like um, a seemingly see. slightly improvised element to a lot, a lot of these songs. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but I mean, maybe it seemed. I mean, also maybe they can recreate. You know, you just you know listen to that shit again and. You know, uh, it, uh, it definitely is that car made of glass uh, influence. I know that Hunter can definitely replicate the guitar parts. Like they're not as random as they seem. Like they are actually composed. But yeah, that, that's again another Christian kind of complaint. I don't like the improvised stuff. You know, I, but uh, the guitar work really just though getting back to that some stuff that I did like is really fucking quite exceptional. Like Hunter is one of the most talented players I've ever met and played with. Um, has a really good ear. And I really like the drum sounds on this release. Although I feel like, again, Quaid's snare hits aren't super consistent sometimes. His footwork. I sure is, you love hearing those snare hits, dude. Like, yeah. If you want to talk about speed, absolutely. And the his footwork is absolutely fucking bonkers. Like, I do not feel like that part of his technique is is lacking at all. I I do feel like some of the snare hits sound like they're kind of all over the place, but. The, the footwork are always fucking on. And again, when this band is on, especially on this recording, because it's the members of Antarctica collabing on it, like, it's really fucking intense. The songs that I liked, I really liked Rendering Plant, which has some cheeky samples from Friends, and just hits you in the face with nonstop blasts and slams, with rich with pinch harmonics. 
which is a really quick way to my heart. And especially that slam at the end. This is like, they're really working the slams. I don't know how many times I've just said slams, but they're in there. <laughs> Slam! Like, this is like Psyopus with the zaniness of Mr. Bungle and like the futuristic sci-fi-ness of Wormed. Mm-hmm. And that's my pitch to you. Love it. Sold. Sold. You got anything else you want to add? Anything else intelligent nah, to man. say about this project? I have oh, definitely not intelligent for sure. They're just they're uh, fucking homies, and they've been fucking. There's there's very few bands like this in the North Coasts. Period. You know. Yep. Yeah. If anybody knows where these guys are popping out of, you'd be fucking shocked. Um. What uh. What what track are you thinking? Rendering plant for sure. It's got to be rendering plant because that's the most substantial song on the release. Like hardly any of them clear a minute. So. <laughs> if we want to give our <laughs> listeners something more substantial, let's give them Rendering Plant. Game on. So we're going to play for you Rendering Plant, which is track one from Potion Split with Those Darn Gnomes, which came out on July 3rd of 2020. Here we go. Monica, listen, is, is Phoebe there? i got to ask you something about the car. Yeah, she's here. Hold on one second. Hey, dude. Hey, Phoebe. Listen, this wooden box keeps sliding out from under the seat. Well, what is it? Oh, that's my grandma. <laughs> say there's a well-dressed pack of dogs in Ohio. That does really fucking hit, though. Boner jams. God, just that. <laughs> the screams are just so fucking intense. I really feel like the uh, the noise rock thing, or the the just the noise element, is really bled into that car made of glass <laughs> sound. Yep. All right, so yeah, that was that was rendering plant by Potion, and that's off their split with those darn gnomes, which came out on. July third, and also shout out those darn gnomes. Uh, mm-hmm. Good, good split. It should be this. Should possibly be on some vinyl at some point. That'd like, be pretty sweet to have. I don't enjoy noise at all. Like noise projects, which is what those darn gnomes primarily does, and now Car Made of Glass. But when both of those bands are actually doing grindcore, like they're fucking, they're doing it right. <laughs> Just unhinged, very, very special, unhinged brand. So last, we're going to talk about Doom Shrugs. Doom Shrugs are a solo mathcore avant-garde metal project. God damn it. 
Yeah, we've said that so many times on this fucking this podcast. We started and we're finishing with Avant Garde, baby. And uh, Doom Shrugs, again, solo mathcore from Dunedin, I believe is how you say it, which is in New Zealand. And the project started in 2018, releasing their debut EP and album that same year, followed by an EP and another album in 2019. And now the project is back with their third album of sorts, albeit a short one, entitled Album 3, which came out <laughs> on <laughs> July 7th, which is truly more of an EP. Like, it's, it's very it, it, it's short. It's an EP. It's, yeah. it, it is an EP, yeah. Like, it barely clears five minutes, but we'll get to that. The release also features some lovely photography from the homie Jeff of Sunflower, who also did the cover to the Callous Cowboys' Die on Mars. We've also talked about Doom Shrugs in this podcast previously. And this project has put out a lot of music and come a long way in two years. Uh, three of those releases contain heavy improvisational elements, and the other three are more structured. So again, all the avant-garde bands we're talking about kind of have been dabbling in noise and and improvisational stuff. Sort of interesting to see that 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 coming up again and again. And uh, again, the other three albums, though, are more structured. I wouldn't say traditional, but they're certainly more traditionally mathcore or math rock, uh, albeit just, again, very avant-garde. Most of the material on this record could largely be described as mathcore, although it's kind of proggy too. Very short songs, shouted vocals, complex and non-repeating compositions. I mean, this shit sounds like basically stream of conscious. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's almost like... Yeah, oh, I hear you. I hear you. At times, seemingly both semi and fully improvisational, although maybe not so much on this record. So I think this is why this is probably my favorite Doom Shrugs release to date. It's really truly, I, 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 it's hard to describe this this project's sound. Oh, it's very hard. Um, I really don't have too many notes. Uh, it, I guess it seemed less improv, uh, improv, improvisational, so I guess um, I it took it as them tightening up their their sound, ultimately. Um, that's all I really had here for notes. Damn, I like went off. <laughs> I fucking, I took a quick aside, I took like 6,000 words of notes on this fucking episode. Amazing. I, I lost my mind, yeah. I had a lot of thoughts and not hardly, not all of them made it to the podcast, which is probably for the best. Um, <laughs> anyway, so on this record, it seems that Doom Shrugs have endeavored to bring us something more aggressive and explosive and concise, which, of course, Levi will appreciate the latter. Of this, record, <laughs> this record clocks in at about five minutes over nine tracks, so you can basically blink and miss it, as opposed to their last two structured or non-improvisational releases, which both cleared 30 minutes. So it really seems that they've shifted away from longer and more progressive avant-garde passages to more... And like the Yowie, they had like the Yowie and Behold the Octopus kind of thing going on too. And now they're really pushing like the parts per second thing, like short songs. Basically, we've gone from that stuff to like the Great great Redneck Hope. <laughs> Which is amazing. Yeah, that's, that's what I would like peg for like the main influence for this new stuff. Since your notes are scant, I'll just take it away. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that, I got what I, what I liked is the prowess and the complexity of the compositions, which don't hardly repeat any phrases. Like It's like they distilled their most aggressive moments from the previous records and manifested them here, and I'm really digging it. The song titles are also amazing. Uh, Doom Shrugs by Doom Shrugs from the album Doom Shrugs, which is, I swear to God, a dig at me. <laughs> but I'm probably just being sensitive. And uh, I also really liked pretending to play your instrument and following the headbanging choreography in a forest, abandoned building, and or brightly lit black or white room. Amazing 
titles. <laughs> like, fucking hysterical shit, dude. Really, really funny. Also, a lot of the songs, especially the ones with guest vocals, have breakdowns, and they're really good. So, <laughs> I liked that, too. Taking some, some chances with some breakdowns here. What I disliked, I think this project could benefit from better a better production value. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that I didn't think that it wasn't mixed well or the tones in this album were bad. Like, they're definitely, like, clean distortion kind of sounds. It specifically seems like the guitar never leaves. This is a totally, like, guitar dork thing, but it seems like the guitar's always set on, like, right between the bridge and neck setting, and therefore you never really get, like, the treble bite that I'm looking for. Additionally, I think the last track was mostly noise, so we're only netting about four minutes of material here. So it's just, it's too bloody, <laughs> it's, it's too bloody short, and then you give me a noise track at the end. But to talk about some tracks that I liked, again, I liked the Doom Shrugs by Doom Shrugs from the album Doom Shrugs. I liked uh, the Pretending to Play Your Instrument song, uh, and the Second Coming of Jesus as an Anime Girl as his profile picture. Oh, Bad Company by Bad Company by Bad Company. It's Bad Company by Bad Company by Bad Company. That's where they're getting that from. Oh, my there we go. God. Just showing how like, fucking why? ignorant I am. I don't listen to fucking bad music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's there. Yeah. So, yeah, on the first Bad Company album by Bad Company, the first single is Bad Company. It's fucking mind blowing. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. I love how that was just completely over my fucking head. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's one that I wish I didn't have in my head, but it is because uh, I'm yeah. So let's let's go ahead and give him a song here. Uh, and if you're a fan of Behold the Octopus, the Great Redneck Hope, or the Locust, uh, you should definitely be investigating Doom Shrugs full discography because I feel like this project is pretty underrated. It's not very well promoted um, by the artist himself, in my opinion. I don't feel like they're pushing it super hard. Like so, um. Get it in your ear holes. Go fucking listen to their older stuff. There's some great playthroughs too, like a full, um, a full song playthrough where they play both the drums and the guitar in the playthrough. So that's really fucking sick. Go check that out. So we're gonna go ahead and play for you, pretending to play your instrument and following the headbanging choreography in a forest abandoned building and or brightly lit black or white room, which is track seven from Doom Shrug's new album, Album Three, which came out back on July seventh. Here we go. All right, so that was pretending to play your instrument and following the headbanging choreography in a forest abandoned building and or brightly lit black or white room, which is track seven from Doom Shrug's new album, Album 3, well, EP, really, and that came out back in July. All right, so uh, before we wrap this up, I just want to remind everybody, uh, please leave us some love on iTunes, leave us five stars, leave us a review. If you have any questions or comments, you can hit us up at mathcoreindex at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And um, also uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We're really trying to build our YouTube following, so go there and check out uh, all the Fest footage. We've got uh, pretty much all the sets up right now except for Black Matter Device and the Calistat Boys, so those will be up in the next couple days. 
Uh, so I guess that about wraps it up for the 47th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And we'll be back again next month with some more sick underground bands. Good night and stay beautiful. Stay beautiful.